I am Lemuel Gonzalez, Repentant Sinner, and along with Amity Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday school lesson, Without Works. The recent presidential election was complicated. It couldn't be anything other than complicated because it was held under complicated circumstances given a global health crisis that demands isolation and a distrust in the democratic process fostered by no less a personality than the President of the United States. Today we're going to have an informal talk about the recent election and how it affected us. So let's start with when we are. All right. We are recording this on the evening of November 10th, okay. 2020. As it stands, most outlets and states have declared Joe Biden the winner right. of the election. And I'm, I'm trying to be careful in what I say because by a margin of nearly 6 million votes... And uh, he's well past the needed 270 electoral votes. Those be the, being the two ways that Criteria we could tabulate this. By which we choose uh, president. Joe Biden has secured the presidency. Now, Trump has declined to concede. He hasn't done a whole lot except fire a bunch of people from the Defense Department and then install new people, which is Insane, alarming. Insane, he has about two months left, right? Uh, he's got 74 days, or 72 days maybe now. Sorry about the sirens. We live in a city. There's a countdown happening on several mm. things. It's like seven, 72 or 74 days. And other things are happening, like the Attorney General has indicated that it's totally fine for investigators to... Uh, look at these quote-unquote allegations of voter fraud. I use these quotes very, um, very strongly because every time someone talks about the allegations of voter fraud, all caps, all uh, italics, bolded and quoted, it's pundits or people from the campaign. I haven't heard a single allegation from a credible no, source. because there are none. Um, there was one USPS employee that had, that they were touting as a whistleblower. Today it was revealed that he had been paid by the GOP uh, donor wing $136,000 to say what he said, and he has recanted it. Uh, I feel like at that point we're done. Yes, we're we done discussing this now. I, I, but I we won't feeling. be, but that's that's my feeling. When he announced subject. himself as winner during the very long, drawn-out process yes. of tabulating the votes, I felt at that point that in the event that he did win, he would have to be removed from office. Because, that he did lose? Well, if he had won. Oh, gotcha. He should be removed from office oh, for making that statement, for claiming yeah. victory for something that he had no evidence of. Yeah. For casting aspersions on the other side. He he was also in an odd position wherein at any point, if they had stopped tabulating the vote, he would have lost. Right. At no point, at no point had he ever been in the lead across the board. Reality does not favor his point of view or his opinion about his victory. Right. And at this point, it's so easily and false. He can't lie his way out of this one. I mean, he's trying really hard. <laughs> right, but, you know... But, yeah, when you have supporters in, in some states yelling, stop the count, mm -hmm. and in other 
places chanting, count all the votes. And, and he constantly keeps saying things like, we need to stop all the voting after the voting has definitively stopped. Nobody voted after Election Day. Right. Are we counting votes after Election Day? Yes, because there are only so many machines and millions and millions and of so votes. So many people. More votes than have ever been cast in any election up till now, which right. people want to tout, but also our population gets bigger. Right. Our voting population gets bigger every year, and there is a hundred million people of voting age who just don't vote. So... Presumably, I would hope, going forward, it's always going to be the most votes ever were cast this year. Like, forever. <laughs> that should be a trend that just continues forever. But now, um, Robert Reich, who is an economist who works at, or Reich? I think it's Reich, who works at UC Berkeley and who we, I, uh, served several times while working at Cody's, so I feel like he's not a friend. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't know me from Adam, but I feel like I know him a little bit. Uh, I guess from Eve. <laughs> he might know me from Adam. Um, you know, was talking about how there are two things that you don't that we never really do, and one of them is to... Um, investigate vote elections while mm -hmm. elections are still being tabulated. I can't remember what the other thing was, but it was something that he did last month. Uh, and he's like, we don't do those specifically because we want to avoid any sense that we're basically, um, what's the word I want? Instigating a coup. Yes. And the fact that he just does not care makes us, we should be concerned that he may be instigating there seems to be steps being taken, and I don't want to make this... Um, you want to catastrophize? Yeah, because there's the worst it can possible, possibly get, and there's the situation where we are right now where it could very well go in that direction, Yes, but it also could stop short of that, because yes. I want to believe, I choose to believe that people won't act against their conscience in making a decision to follow him. Right. It is very plainly a cult. It It is. It's a, it's um, a death cult. It is a... Yeah. And especially the QAnon portion of it, um, which maybe we should get into at some point, or maybe if you're interested in QAnon, there are some very good podcasts breaking it all down. It's very bizarre, and talking about it without full depth of knowledge makes you sound crazy. You're like, right. there's no way that's happening. Except it definitely is. So um, the the important thing is to stay vigilant. I think it is it bodes well that most media outlets are cutting him off or cutting off Kylie McEnany, mm -hmm. um, his uh, mouthpiece, for lack of a better term. Uh, in fact, Fox News Neil Cavuto cut right. away from Kelly McEnany. Kylie Kelly, what's her name? Kaylee. I'm Kaylee. sorry. I it's. I don't like doing that to professional women, but I cannot take this woman seriously. Well, there's, so. there's, um, <laughs> what I feel that happens with the GOP eh. and the female representatives they choose, they choose a kind of aggressive, um, and kind of almost hostile yes. personality 
to defend the rights of women in their view of what women's rights are. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure if there's a, a less awkward way to put that. Because the yeah. women that they're choosing, oh, look, she's I put a woman on the Supreme Court, but what are her views? Her yeah. views are not supporting they're, other women. Yes, no, they're anti-woman. She is anti-woman, as we spoke about. And it. so there's Amy this, this, uh, this need to be recognized for... It's the, I'm not forward. racist, I have this black right, friend. Right, it's the exact same thing, but is. for women, yes. Right, and so... The, the, I mean, we have a we have a vice president who can't be in mm. the same room as a another woman alone. In the, the, what sounds like sexual paranoia. I, yes, I don't that understand. is what it is. It is. Right. Um, it is which basically fundamentally, when you boil that mm-hmm. oddness down, it means that he only sees women as a vessel for sex. He doesn't see them as human beings. He only sees them as a place to... I'm sure they're also a vessel for children, making children. Well, um, but how which, do you do that? Right. Well, some of them wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, I felt, the, the worst I felt, because there was a, a period directly after the election, there was a, the pollsters were coming up with these sort of projections which showed that there was going to be a landslide. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, a democratic landslide, that... Uh, people didn't support Trump's point of view. People didn't support his ideology. And we discovered that that's not the case. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh People who don't support Trump's view are very vocal about the fact that they don't support Trump's view. The 71 million people who voted for Trump, very few of them are yelling the N-word in the streets. They are not. They don't want to be ostracized by their families. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be told that they're racist, even though they're definitely racist. They don't want to be told that they're transphobic or homophobic, even though they are definitely both of those things. They don't want to be told that they're fascists, even though if you they're are fascists. supporting a fascist regime, they are fascists, that, that, that line of questioning. But what do you call the Germans in the, the Germans uh, under Nazi rule? who didn't have a choice and just went along with it. You call them Nazis. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, but it wasn't their idea, but they went, They had They had to do their jobs. You call them Nazis. When you support a fascist regime, you are a fascist. They don't want to be called fascists. They don't want to tell this pollster that I am a fascist racist. Right. So they do not answer the question. They say they're undecided or they say they're... Leaning yes. blue, mm. they do not say that they are a Trump supporter. I, I think what was um, discouraging in looking at those numbers is finding out exactly how many there are. And yes, that's a compared to the seventy million people who voted for him, there was a tiny minority of those people standing out having prayer meetings in front of polling places, yeah. um, and and it. And looking at the actions of Kenneth Copeland and Paula White this week. Yeah, I Paula was going to ask if you had thoughts. Um, <laughs> her prayer meeting... Uh, and from, to a layperson mm-hmm. who does not have any um, familiarity with these sorts of uh, com- commute, communings, I don't even know what to call them. It was mm-hmm. terrifying to watch. It was very strange. They've... These are supposedly Christian ministers. They're both, the two that I mentioned are both uh, teach a prosperity gospel. 
Yeah, I feel like prosperity gospel is it's an not oxymoron. A right. It's like not that's, a gospel. That doesn't seem um, uh, But these accurate. two, both, Paula White's bizarre kind of um, rant where she's calling in an Old Testament stories and embellishing them for the sake of uh, an she, audience. She called for God to bring forth his iron rod mm-hmm. and smash a bunch of jars. Right, and she's <laughs> making these very odd references against to more or less obscure biblical stories. Uh, and then is that calling to prove on, that she knows more of the Bible than I do? Like, um, is that what's happening? See, okay, at the, the risk of sounding rude... That's not asking much, you know. It's basically she's trying to, and this is this is a, a a tactic by fundamentalist ministers to find the most obtuse Bible story. My name is Lemuel, for heaven's sakes. Mm. All right, the most obtuse Bible story or character, and then sort of elaborate on this. And she, so she creates this. Is it so that you don't have a lot of literature on that? story that came or before so you can just say it means whatever some you original want. voice to it too mm-hmm. for instance i'm researching this one character i mean i was tempted to i mean i feel like that's for the people who are getting phds in theology to do mm-hmm. that seems like a good thesis right i don't know why a, a minister would need to do that I, I want to spend my declining years which i hope never happened i would hate to decline uh no writing about the minor prophets because there's very interesting stories there however in this case, she's taken a story, she's uh, applied it to Trump's uh, re-election, yeah. and then she begins this weird rant where she's either attempting to speak in tongues or calling on the names of angels, or I'm not clear exactly what she was doing at that point, and then claiming that angels from other countries were going to come defend us. I don't understand what on earth she was talking about. Kenneth Copeland's weird cackle on that was that, a minute long. I didn't realize that he was a. Oh, it went on. I it thought that that was. Gingr- I thought it was Newt Gingrich because I only heard the. Uh, I only heard the audio right. on a podcast I was listening to. Apologies for the sirens. It was deeply unsettling. He, I was like, Howard mm-hmm. Dean did less and didn't get right, and this to is continue the same on the Democratic ticket. Like claimed to have destroyed coronavirus by breathing God's breath on them by exhaling. Oh, that guy! That's the same guy. Oh, I thought he might have died. No, um, he's <laughs> alive and well, and probably selling more of his. Uh, he used to sell, I think, records and CDs of him singing. Uh, well, singing songs that he composed himself. So he's an entertainer as well. As, and in this case, I think he leaned more towards that. Um, but the reaction from the evangelical community that supports Trump has been bizarre and strange and horribly political. And we've discussed that before in this podcast, how completely inappropriate it is mm-hmm. to, to try to use God to endorse a political candidate. I was recently um, listening to another podcast uh, that I'm not sure that I could endorse yet because, mm-hmm. it, again, it represents a point of view that in itself is, is, is some issues with it. But it's two young priests who mm. are talking about their experiences with their congregations. And there was a two-part episode where they addressed politics. And, of course, the, the, urge, the, um, the idea in the Catholic Church is to try to remain apolitical. But they were discussing how they were being pressured by parishioners 
to make statements supporting Trump from the pulpit. In their case, because they were Catholic, and because, well, he's a pro-life candidate. And therefore, we, regardless of what else he does, we have to support the pro-life point of view. And so the fact that Joseph Biden himself is Catholic, yep. the fact that the Pope does not endorse Donald Trump, nope. the Pope, it, these people were demanding that their priests take further action to support Trump because of his pro-life stance. Um, I recently listened to a YouTube, uh, in this case an evangelical uh, Christian, okay. speaking about uh, telling her followers on YouTube, how on earth can you support Trump? You can't be pro-life and believe that black lives don't matter. Which is ding, a ding, ding, ding. Pro-life doesn't mean pro-fetus. You all are pro-fetus. Right. You are not pro-life because you are not for the social safety net mm-hmm. required to care for these for, care for anybody. Right. And you are virulently pro-guns, and most of you are pro-death penalty. So please get the phrase pro-life out of your mouth. Well, I don't understand pro-life and pro-guns at the same time, because the but, full purpose of a gun is to kill a human being or an animal. It's for killing. It's for killing. It's right? for ending a life. <laughs> yes. So the idea of being pro-gun and pro-life makes no sense, but her, her logic was, or her argument was, you cannot claim to be pro-life and make the kind of statements that Trump made about the coronavirus. No, it is he what it is. He or his administration, it is what it is. Or, you know, we'd be happy to and see we're not gonna do anything people sacrifice their lives it. to help the economy, which yeah. is the exact opposite of Jesus' <sighs> message. Um, so, yeah, she, she had a very well-thought-out argument for how it's in no way pro-life if your love for life stops when a person's born. Correct. If everything that happens to them afterwards is on them, then this is anti-Christian. So it's good hearing those voices. I'm really worried about not hearing political voices standing yeah, up to him. It's been very oddly quiet. Mm-hmm. I think that they're feeling out what where, what it's safe for them to say. But if that's the case, if if you will silence yourself against the takeover of the government that you basically swore to serve and protect, then I think that you should lose your job. Yeah. If you, if you find it more politically expedient to remain quiet while a person tries to take control away from the American people, um, then you should lose your job because you are not representing the people who voted for you and if who I are did, paying your salary. If I did my job as poorly as he's done well, his, I would be fired. Yes. And I would be impossible to employ anywhere else. But, um, yeah, I'm, as I said, I'm glad to hear other voices. How did you feel through the process, through the days of the election counting? Well, my whole sort of mindset going into November 2nd, November Mm -hmm. 3rd, was that election day wasn't going to be the end of it. Right. And it's likely that the end of it, whatever it is, won't come until January, right? Uh, If we had flipped the Senate, Mitch McConnell would have done a lot of damage on his way out. Now, granted, we don't know who's won the Senate right now, Georgia's fixing to go to two runoffs 
Mm-hmm. They're going to, the DNC at least is going to pump a lot of money into Georgia. And it is possible that we get those two seats, which puts us at a dead heat with Kamala Harris uh, breaking the tie. Mm-hmm. So we could get control of the Senate. But we, and we won't know until January 5th, which is kind of good because it means that Mitch McConnell can't, like, isn't going to act like a spoiled baby for the next, <laughs> you know, two months, maybe only for the, for 15 days or so. Right. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's my feeling. And so I've been sort of, I'm cautiously optimistic. I am grateful that finally after five years where they should have been doing it uh the media seems to be turning away from trump well now they have the ability to do it i think that before there was they had to react to had an ability to what he was doing i think that the media saw their mission as he said this people should be aware that he said this yes i was unaware until today that he well i knew that he um he insulted other world leaders. I had no idea that he was throwing starbursts at them, shoving them out of the way, and making public declarations about how the president of France has dandruff. I didn't know. Oh, those. I didn't know that stuff either. Right. That's so upsetting. Uh, it's, it's, I'm finding this out now. I mean, Der Spiegel, the uh-huh. very famous German magazine that's like their New Yorker, basically, mm-hmm. like it's their right. like a main publication in Germany. Um, they had a cover with. Trump having cut the head off of the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And then this week's cover was a picture of Joe Biden on a step stool with the head, putting it back on with a mask over like with that. Oh, wow. Right. Like their tr- other countries are treating us like we've ousted a dictator. We have. Well, and we're trying. I, I think we well, haven't. That's the thing. We haven't. That's, is, that's where my brain is. Uh, we haven't finished this yet. I and have, even once we have gotten him out of office, uh-huh. there's a ton of work that still needs to be done. Well, there's a, a lot of work undoing what he's done. Yes, but also... Um, and constructing something new to support a system that excludes people like him. Yes. And this well, is not and, to say that yeah, in any way, shape, or form that I am only pro-Democrat. I think at this point, what the Republican Party stands for is so far in opposition to what I believe and stand for myself, I don't see myself as ever supporting Republicans. Yeah. Yes. I think what probably needs to happen political party-wise is mm-hmm. there needs to be a schism on both halves. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for my Republican friends who are just economically conservative. Right. That used to be it. That used to be, you know, you're sort of socially conservative, but you weren't like staunchly anti everyone, mm-hmm. and you certainly nece- weren't necessarily a white supremacist. Right. That's all the Republican Party is right now, because they're led by a white supremacist fascist. So they need to split off, and Trump is just what happened with the tea when the Tea Party got fully you know, where they wanted to go, right? right? So that started back in 2002, 2000 and... No, now, would you no argue, 2006. Or would you say And that... then I think also the Democrats need to split. There needs to be, well... Mm-hmm. There probably needs to be three parties. One fascist far right, mm-hmm. one progressive far left, and one 
center because realistically, Joe Biden is a centrist. He's not a liberal. Right. He's he's a quote unquote liberal. He's not a leftist. Would you say that the Tea Party in itself was a reactionary racist party? I think so. And that because I, I think that what. And uh, yeah, because I put them too um, early. Really, they came to prominence in the midterm elections after Obama's first right, term. Right, exactly. Yes, they were a racist reactionary group. And Republicans were like, ooh, that's, look what that fringe group is saying well, in our name. Is, and right. then all of a sudden, Trump is the face of the party. And his, apparently, I'm seeing now, um, there's some reporting that Kimberly Guilfoyle and Donald Trump Jr. are trying to take over the RNC. They're trying to push for leadership positions in the RNC. There we go. Trump is looking at creating a PAC. So it looks like he's starting to understand that he can't stay where he is. Well, I think... There's uh, also uh, a lot of talk about him running in 2024. I do, that's idiotic. I, I, I really feel that he will not have a chance in 2024. I think that by that point, his dementia will be on full display. I, I think that, yes. In, right. I think the four years is more of a detriment than anything else. Mm-hmm. He's only getting older. He's only getting less hinged. Right. <laughs> so uh, I, I think I agree with you there. I also just, I don't, I'm not a fan of ageism. I do think you should be able to work as long as you want to okay. work. But the leaders in the Senate and the House of Representatives right now are all over 75. Uh-oh. All of them. And the something. medium age, median age in this country is thirty-seven. When I'm, and when I turned forty, mm-hmm. was the, it was the first time in my life that I walked into a room and my coworkers acted as if I weren't there. Oh wow, that sucks. And they were having conversations, and I could have been, you know, I could have at that point taken off one of my shoes and put it on my head, and nobody would have noticed. Mm-hmm. And it was something day and night where wow. I noticed that there was just a lack of communication with me. And I can understand how that affects some people. I tend to be very quiet on my own anyhow. Mm-hmm. So it didn't affect me as much as I, that I noticed it. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that and working in Berkeley for a long time, that was very youth-oriented. It was a very youth-oriented culture. Right. Uh, I could see discrimination against people passing a particular age anyhow. But given that, I would say at 51, I would not want a person in their 70s to be running the country. And I think the clearest example I can see is John McCain mm-hmm. um, having to be informed what the internet was. I mean, yeah, and it's a, it's a lot of have, stuff. Nancy right. Pelosi is 80 years old. Right. And the other sort of... The big, the sort of bee in my bonnet right now mm-hmm. is the, there is great blame being placed by the, on the, by the Democratic establishment on progressives for the lack of turnout and the lack of flipping um, certain right. seats that they were aiming at, which is just lies. It's just blatantly false. Everyone that AOC she reached out to like 15 candidates to mm-hmm. help them. Five of them took her up on it. All of them won by large margins. Right. The rest ignored her and several of them lost. Now, it yeah. is not the, just because they see them as these young upstarts, that means that you're too old for this job. 
they are speaking for the nation. They're progressive policies. Their, the generation that's going to inherit the mess the last right. generation made. Progressive policies are across the board uh-huh. super popular. The Green New Deal has a 65% positive rating regardless of, mm-hmm. when you explain what it is, right. regardless of party affiliation. More jobs, better energy, fantastic. Yeah. Um, Medicare for all is like 74% popular. And I'm talking about not in the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. I'm talking about the population of the United States. Mm-hmm. These are extraordinarily popular opinions or, or p- policy positions. Mm-hmm. And the leadership is too myopic to take them on. I don't know if they are afraid it's too big or I don't know what it, I, I, I well I know what it is. They've they, got a lot of money coming to them from energy that. companies right. and and pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies and Quicken and into it. It's the money flowing to these people and and has been flowing to these people for decades in most cases. And I think it's the idea of not being able to maintain their position if they upset people by being progressive and changing. And so mm-hmm. they're going to lose the support and that money will just go to somebody else who is better able to represent the interests of those particular groups. Um, and so I think that because of that, that's inherently a flaw in the system. Well, another flaw in the system is... Um, Citizens United, it needs to be overturned. Mm-hmm. That rules that corporations yes, are I mean, people. Because here's the thing about people. They die. How old is Chase? Right. That's You can't tell me that J.P. Morgan Chase, a company that's been around for over 150 years, is a person. Yeah. Because they're a vampire now, and we need to get them checked out. Uh, so it's it's absurd. We need to get the money uh-huh. out of politics, and we need to start listening to the people who are going to well, be dealing with this planet for more point. than the next four and a half minutes. For age, is that uh, also in terms of Supreme Court justices, we have people who have these lifelong appointments. Yeah. Their points of view may not change. Their points of view might become more firmly entrenched as they get older, as it tends to happen with people as we get older. Yes. Um, myself included. And so the problems that they're facing are problems that are being confronted life and death situations for people younger than them from a different generation who have different needs from their government. And so just sort of having this this hedge to keep uh, a particular interest alive beyond their own death, that's it's wrong. Yes. I mean, and that's something that I can speak to, I think, out of personal experience, is having, in my case, a family that was just trying to, my mom tried to push her ideas that I'd be adhering to them long after she's gone. Right. She desperately wanted that to happen. She desperately wanted to pass on her kind of very restrictive and reductive views to my son. Right. She wanted to spend more time with, she wants to indoctrinate people in that way, and so... It feels like that. It feels like having a generation who doesn't understand the next generation saying, well, you can make slow progress if you follow my ideas. You'll make slow progress in your direction, but I don't ever have to live to see it. And I'm going to preserve my way of life right. um, even after I'm gone. 
And that just seems wrong. That's why it, progress is so slow. It's so selfish. It's incredibly selfish. And and it and it's it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's so well, term limits, money out of politics, the right. abol- abolition of the electoral college, um, addition of Puerto Rico and uh, Washington D.C. These are a few of my favorite things. Like these are the things that need. And then the Supreme Court's hearing about the ACA. It looks like Kavanaugh and Roberts are not fixing to overturn it, which mm-hmm. I am grateful for because as a cancer survivor, um, I would lose my health insurance for the rest of my life, basically, is what would happen to me. Uh, and I have medication I need to take every day because of said cancer. Well, I just don't... I, and again, it, it doesn't make sense in terms of the welfare of the nation to overturn it. No, it there, doesn't. It's, it and was, it's extraordinarily popular. It was somebody's white whale, frankly. It was yeah. Trump's white whale yeah. and other people. Because he wants like everything him. that Obama did mm-hmm. to be... Removed. Oh, Biden has said that he will be moving to restore DACA, Mm -hmm. which is huge, and hopefully he'll be able to do that in his first 100 days with executive actions. He's going to do a lot of stuff with executive actions because it looks like McConnell's poised to be just in the way again. A stumbling block is what we call it in the The, faith. The the other thing is that that the Republican Party has made extraordinarily clear. There's, there's There's a couple of prongs to this. One, they're very bad at being in power. They don't do anything. Mm-hmm. They're really good at stopping you from doing anything, but they're not, they have no they ideas. Yeah, right. They don't, they just don't want you to do what you want to do. They, mm-hmm. But they have no ideas on, there was in four years we didn't get a healthcare plan from Trump. Mm-hmm. In four years. It was always in two weeks we're going to reveal. We never got an infrastructure plan. No wall well, there I mean, were some government positions that are still empty. Still empty. After because, four years. Because they also, during the transition, didn't know that they had to hire all these people. Right. Like, that's how little they were prepared well, for this. I, so um, really so they're the, really bad at... Right. Let, me, let me finish what I was saying about the, the Republicans. The, they want to be the obstructionist party right. so that they can complain about, you know how they're they're being mistreated as the minority. Like that's what they want. It's like white people who complain about racism. They don't they need to make themselves the victims. The Republican Party right. is very good at being the victim. The second thing is they've already started talking about the debt, the debt, the debt, the debt, the debt. They've Trump ran up the deficit by thirty nine percent. Every if you look mm. at Democrats are always held to this Standard that nobody should ever could ever live up to, even though we have balanced the budget multiple times, mm-hmm. and every time a Republican gets in office, the deficit just goes off a freaking cliff. And third, and I I've been seeing a lot of this lately. There is a tax um, increase that Trump signed into law under Mitch McConnell. He he orchestrated it. Trump signed it. That for 75% of Americans, i.e. the bottom 75% of Americans, your taxes are going to go up in 2021, in 2023, in 2025, and in 2027. While cutting the the rich people's taxes over the last four years. And everybody wants to complain about this tax 
increase that Biden has on the agenda for people who make over $400,000 a year or something. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, your taxes are already going up. Right. And you're not going to be affected by what he's doing. And if you are going to be affected by what he's doing, it's fine. You're going to make it on your slightly less than $400,000 a year. So there's a lot of, you know, they're very good at pointing at you and calling you a name. As soon as they do that, you know they're doing what they've just accused you of. Right. And like every time. And ten times worse. (laughs) So there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, not least of which is getting the president to concede a loss, which I don't think he's ever done in 75 years of life or 74 years of life. So that's going to be real interesting. um, I think that he should be used to it by now because he has a tremendous track record as a loser. Oh, yeah. As a person who's failed at his job, failed at his Mm -hmm. enterprise. But he's never had any Mm -hmm. consequence. Right, there's no so consequences. So he can just say, "Oh well, it is what it is. Give right. me another hundred million dollars, and I will uh, go destroy another about thing." People's lives. Yeah, that horrifies me. This is the yeah. problem with malignant narcissists. <laughs> so, uh, there was a scripture I put on Facebook. Yeah, and I think it was a warning because uh, there were. I felt like I was being the, the, the depressing person at the party, you know, because People everyone's People were dancing in the street, and right. I'm like, yeah, I feel like I can take a deep breath, but I'm not at the dancing in the street party. We still elected Joe yeah. Biden right. and Kamala Harris. Yeah. Now, I like Kamala Harris as a person, uh, but she was a cop. So the the justice reform that we've been pushing for this whole year is not going to happen. I think what we had was the lesser of two evils. It was. I do think that Biden is a better person than people give him credit for. Yes. And I think that he's... And then you watch anything about the Anita Hill trial right. or right. And hearing, and you're like... I think Ugh. that what will work for him is to, as he probably realizes, that he's not going to do a second term. He's already he's already right. promised a one term, and that he wants to eventually hand the power over to someone else, a voice that hasn't been heard yet. Which which is why he picked Kamala. How to be an ally? Frankly. Yes, it is. But to go back to what I was saying mm-hmm. about this posting, it reminded me of the scripture. This is Luke eleven twenty three through twenty six, and this is Jesus speaking about exorcism. He says, "When an unclean spirit goes out of a man." He goes through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there, and the state of that man is worse than the first. For some reason, that stayed in my head. We get rid of this person, and then what happens? Yeah. Is it going to be, are we going to... Trump doesn't exist in a vacuum. Right. 71 million people right now, and counting, voted for him. Mm-hmm. To, you know, this right. this time. Not not knowing what he was going to do. Right. Fully well, well knowing what he was going to do. And there was friends I lost from school, high school friends, uh, people that I went to church with that I immediately dropped after the presidential election. 
I didn't keep anybody from any of my church associations after that because I'm saying, no, what you're doing now is you are driving another nail in the cross. It was what you're doing. Mm. You knew before that yeah. he was racist. You could you plead ignorance before, in right. 2016. But, I mean, my secular friends who were supporting him, I gave a little more leeway to because they don't have this moral... Um, this moral criteria that we were supposed to meet where I cannot support this action. You knew what he was going into it and you still, you know, uh, put him into office and put him into power. And what I saw, because I didn't keep friends with some of these friends from high school, but I'm also friends with other people from those years and some of my teachers. And frequently I would see comments from those people that I let go trying to explain Trump's behavior as if they were trying to explain or crack a difficult scripture, literally saying things like, well, I think what he means by this. No, he means what he means. He's not right enough to have a second, um, or he's not right enough to hide his intention. He's not cunning enough, weirdly enough, for a person who's made so much money and gone through life amassing wealth. He doesn't know how not to speak his intention out loud because he really believes that it empowers him just to insist on his having his will met. Um, so I don't have any room for people even the first time, but this second time, certainly not. No. It's too far gone. You've seen that he's willing to sacrifice human lives. In this case, not put into place a uh, any kind of plan for dealing with a pandemic. This particular one. Other people have done it successfully uh, and stopped it before it spread. He did absolutely nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I'm seeing right. beautiful pictures from my friends in other countries where they are able to go about their lives. They either wear a mask. Some of them are in New mm. Zealand and they don't even have to wear masks, masks right. right now. Like, And meanwhile, we're gearing up for, you know, 2,000 new cases a day, yeah, and another 200,000 deaths in the next two months. I think what has happened is that I feel, I know that the future means being vigilant because those people who put him into power, even the people, and I don't find, I actually think the guy in camouflage who's waving around a gun and yelling, you'd Trump forever, that's not the guy I have to worry about. The person I have to worry about is the silent supporter that you mentioned, the person who agrees with that ideology and doesn't come out and say it, so I don't know who this is. It could be anybody. It could be somebody that you're working with, somebody that who just believes in their heart of hearts that I'm inferior because of the color of my skin, that women yep. should be kept under constraint. Yep. Um and, and that people shouldn't and, be allowed to have a voice. Right, and many of them believe that because they are white men uh -huh. and they don't want to lose whatever power they and think they have. And it's not just what I think. Or white women. Y'all, we did a bad job. Ridiculous is this kind of, this feeling that people want to be led. There are a great number of Americans who really don't, they go on about their individual rights and go on about their individual thinking, but what they want to do is to have a strong man tell them what to do so they can do it. Right. That's what they want. Which, I guess I, I'm a little bit grateful for a couple of things. Uh -huh. The fact that this particular strongman was so completely inept. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could have done even... They've done a lot of damage in the right. last four years. 
But if they'd really knuckled down and had any amount of know-how, it could have been so much worse. Well, it could have been worse. We didn't have... um we didn't have a dictator on the level of Mussolini or Hitler um, or Idi Amin or some of the other characters. What we had was a grossly incompetent man and a group of grossly incompetent followers whose lies and nonsense was so transparent to everyone. We yeah. still had a free press well, that was able to point out and go, everyone. that person is, well, not everyone, <laughs> to people who chose to believe it. Yeah. They made an active choice to believe the things that were yeah. very easily disproven. But we still had a free press that called him out on it all the time. We Not still had, nearly enough. That was what, that's well, one of the other things right. I was going to say when you were saying it was important that the press let you know what he was saying. I agree with you 100%. But after the State of the Union, they should never have aired one of his, uh, any of his speeches live. Right. They should have put them all on a 15-minute delay and run fact checks alongside of them. I, I would have liked to see that level of vigilance with him, but I don't think I. You know, I. They could have done that, right? I don't know that they. They absolutely could have done that. You don't need the scoop when he never sh- stops talking, and when the scoop is literally going to be forgotten in two days because something else crazy is going to happen. Because there's some other. Travesty. I mean, they should have realized by two years in that everything should have been on at least an, a time delay of fifteen minutes. And maybe you just say, yes, Trump is uh, speaking. Uh, we will bring you the contents of his speech later this evening well, after it's been vetted. I'm glad that now they're ignoring him. I, I like that the fact that now hit. we don't have to deal with that. That's the, nothing has actually changed. Uh, nothing substantial has changed no. other than the mood of the American people, and not all of them. The idea that we don't wake up, ex- you know, well, and we still do. We still have time, but... There's going to be a point when it's over. Yeah. And that's, I think, what we you know we are approaching. Uh, I learned through this that hope is a creature that survives with no nourishment. Yes. And it has to. It, I felt hopeful for the first time. Those few days when we didn't know who the winner was going to be, I had friends texting me and sending me messages on Facebook. I had one friend, God bless Jeremiah Duggar. He's a wonderful good man, he's a teacher, uh, just sending out drunken rants, <laughs> um, or slightly inebriated rants, I won't say drunken, on Facebook all night, <laughs> that were just decrying, and I thought, how much like his biblical namesake he was, he was crying for the fall of his people, and what this meant, and he was, it was wonderful, and I mean to write him something to tell him uh-huh. that I really appreciated mm-hmm. that voice. It was a hard time to get through, because there was waking up in the morning. There was that moment where you realize, where you look, you check your phone to see if it's over. I'm turning on CNN. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of refreshing. And and the word didn't come through when it finally did. There was just this huge sigh of relief that there is an end to it. Right, where at least we know what the vote says. Right. So that's basically all we can say. Mike Pompeo today, mm-hmm. Mike Pompeo is the Secretary of State, uh, said that there would be a peaceful transition of power to a second ter- Trump administration, or a second Trump term. Well, see. So, 
I think we what, do have bad actors. Right. What's going is, to happen is that he will be escorted from the White House like a shoplifting teenage girl from the mall, you know, yeah, when you catch right. her. I think that and, it's and gonna I, be by force. I also appreciate the Democrats folded in twenty or two thousand. Mm-hmm. They won that vote and they just stopped fighting. They right. won the vote. They would have won the vote in Florida. It's pretty clear. And they just conceded. Mm-hmm. I am grateful that Joe Biden has at least as much spine to just continue on. He's like, no, I know what it what it takes to transition. He should already be getting briefings, and he's mm-hmm. not getting them. But he is putting together yes, task is, forces. Really, he's moving together. Yeah. He's got his hundred day plan. Get it? You know, he is moving forward as though this were a regular time, and these election results are... The fact that, that the person in charge of helping the transition is actively resisting doing yes. it is disgusting. But it's an example of the same kind of disgusting behavior that we've seen for four years. I don't think it can be undone I just was in a, one term. a little bit afraid that the, that right. the Democrats were going to roll over no. very easily again. Because we I've seen them do it too many times. So I was... Right. I was... Con- that was my concern for the four days that we mm-hmm. weren't getting a thing. I was concerned that the DNC and Joe Biden would just be like, well, There's we gave it a good go and too much at themselves. During the uh, uh, 2020 election, right, mm-hmm. we had no idea what we were facing with George W. Bush. No. And, and so, we couldn't have known right, that 9-11 was We couldn't coming. have known. We didn't know. What we've had at this point were four years of a nightmare yes. for people. Mm-hmm. And and so there was so much at stake that if you would be derelict in your duty as a citizen to say... My, the people are. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I was concerned about. But I mm-hmm. am grateful that they are moving forward with the rightful power that, they, that the the, that the American people have vested in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and putting, the, like like I said, task force, this coronavirus uh, task force is being put into place. They're putting together plans for executive actions because they are planning a, a, around a, a Senate that's going to block them at every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to try and get as much done as they can with uh, executive actions, which of course are not perfect because what can... what can the next president do? Just write it right. right over, just delete it, erase it. <laughs> I don't know what they do, but they basically just go, hey, what that what that guy said? No, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. I uh, and I think a lot of, I, a lot of Joe Biden stuff, honestly, is going to be the Obama stuff that was right. removed. The, the EPA protections and right. the, the, you know, a lot of that stuff, I think he's basically got, a draft already done because Obama had put all of these things in place that were working and then Trump just threw them away. So we have, yes. you know, he's got a kind of a head start. He's going to copy off the smarter guy's paper, <laughs> which, you know, if that's, that's something Trump didn't do and maybe we're grateful for that because well, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for his... him being able to succeed in nothing. What I'm grateful for about Donald Trump is his lack of intelligence. Um, I am really, really glad that he did not have, he wasn't a criminal mastermind. 
so that's good. But we we weren't. He wants to be. Well, he, he thinks he because is, he but, only yeah. trusts his own very good brain. Yes, we're not dealing with Blofeld here. We're dealing with a person who's just dense in the like a block of wood. But that's actually worked in our favor because he couldn't bring all of his, as you mentioned, evil plans to to pass. Um, but in closing, though, I think what we're we can agree on, and we've agreed on a lot, is yes. that we really need to be vigilant. Yes. With the upcoming, um, I, the next seventy, however right. many days, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, spirituality is not a feeling or a fleeting moment of inspiration, but it's a discipline, right? And that's kind of what this podcast is all about. And a discipline means you have to work. You have to put in the work if you want this democracy to work. You have to put in the work yourself on your own individual level. Yep, and you have to hold the people around you accountable. accountable. Everyone has to answer for what they've done. You know, I had this discussion about it. In Christianity, you only achieve redemption when you confess that you've done something wrong. You have to say, I failed through my very great fault. That's every branch of the faith teaches. You do not get forgiveness unless you admit you did something wrong and you attempt to make contrition. That's how it works. You can't just sort of pass it off and go, well, um, no, you have to admit it even if you do a lot of good works after to try to make up, but you don't admit this is my fault, then nothing happens. You no. don't get yeah. that forgiveness you want. So part of it is going, all right, this is what's happened. Let's keep working. I recognize my part in it. I recognize whatever. I have to now be a better citizen because we have to stop this from happening again. I can't afford the luxury of being uninvested in things. I have to be a part of it because if not, this is what happens. Seven more or worse come in its place. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you like it, please subscribe and leave us a review and share it with a friend. We have an internet home without workspodcast.com. Our show notes, links to stories we talk about, and transcripts from our episodes can be found there. We're also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com on Twitter at WithoutWorksPod, and on Facebook by searching Without Works Podcast. All that information and links are on the website as well, so go over and have a look around. I've been Amity, he's been Lemuel, and we urge you to stay in and do something good. Everybody!